Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. No one says, let's practice being wrong and learning better and then saying, I was wrong, I've learned better. (laughs) There's not a place in our culture that rewards that. This is Sarah and Beth. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics, the home of grace-filled political conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics. Before we started recording, I took a deep breath and said... I'm mad anxious right now. (laughs) And Beth said, why don't we start there? So that's where we're starting, everybody. Join us on the struggle bus. (laughs) We're on it together. We're both having a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm, There are going to be more days like this. There are also going to be some easier days. Sarah, do you feel like your anxiousness right now is coming from information about COVID-19 or information about all the things that COVID-19 is changing or could change? Like, what do you think is the source? All of the above? Um, That's fair. I have, I have better management of my anxiety about the actual virus. 
And I think we all need to really focus on the fact that as testing ramps up, so are the numbers. We know that's happening. We know that's coming. Um, We are confirming people who already had the virus. There's already community distancing in place, social distancing in place. Things are closed down. So it's not necessarily that it's it's because I think the the instinct is going to be it's spreading even though we're doing all these things. And I don't think we should lean into that at all. The things we're doing will help. They are having an impact, but our testing is behind. And so we need to focus on the testing is behind. And as it catches up, those numbers are going to rise. We know that we knew that was going to happen. And that is the reality. And just breathe through those numbers, right? I think that's the first thing. I think I have a pretty good, like, hold of that. Like, not to let myself really get swept up by that, right? I think that part I have under control, just the most basic what's happening with the actual virus right now. What about you? Yeah, I definitely, I almost feel comforted by the numbers rising because I feel like that means we have more tests and we have a greater Mm -hmm. handle on what's actually happening. To me, the scary thing is that we've had this entire time period when some people walked around with the virus with no symptoms just spreading it in the world without Mm -hmm. having any awareness that they were sick, right? And so I don't feel more anxiety because the numbers are going up. That actually kind of calms me. And I was talking with my husband today who threatened to get his, or offered, threatened, offered, I don't know, threatened to get his (laughs) epidemiology textbook out um, to show me that we're not actually going to prevent many or all people from getting this. We're delaying it so that our healthcare system can keep up with it. And so getting right with that has been helpful to me about the virus, too. I really think that my greater anxiety right now is economic Mm. and thinking I can spiral really quickly thinking about all of the unmet needs swirling around me. And what is my role in trying to help meet some of those needs? And what could this look like for me and my family? I feel that less than the greater circumstance, but I want to be vulnerable and acknowledge and human, <laughs> acknowledge that that's part of the equation for me too. And so I just, I can, when I go out of control with anxiety, it is in that larger sense of like, oh my goodness, is everything going to fall apart? And and is there going to be enough for everyone. And I I really struggle with that. I have some thoughts on that. Before we move on from the virus, I wanted to share one thing to what your point, the point about people getting it that I think a, a medical professional pointed out to me that I found really helpful, which is, you know, spreading it, social distancing so that we slow even an inevitable spread is not just important so that we lessen the impact on the hospital system, although that is one of the top priorities. She also made the point, the more time that passes, the better we get at treating it. Doesn't mean we're going to have a vaccine tomorrow. Doesn't mean we're going to have a cure tomorrow. But the more time our health researchers and medical professionals have to figure out what works and what doesn't and to institute those protocols, the better people's chances are. And I hadn't really thought about that. Like, I clicked through a study on the Cleveland Clinic, and they're thinking, well, maybe it's because kids have naturally more melatonin in their bodies. And so just little things like that, they're going to start putting the pieces together. We need to give them time. Um, And so social distancing gives them some time. And that made me feel really, like, a lot more hopeful 
just about the virus itself and its impact on people health-wise and on the healthcare system. I agree that a lot of my anxiety is coming from the bigger impact. And I, I, I just don't know how helpful all the prognosticated in the tweets of like, this feels like 2008 and all. Like, I just, I don't love that. I don't think it's helpful. I think there's no doubt at this point that we're going to have a dramatic economic impact. And, you know, we ha- we now have our first piece of legislation helping deal with that. And we're no doubt going to have more. And, you know, I told my son that when things are really hard, we have to shrink the timeline. We can't be looking six months out, a month out. I'm not really prepared for a week out at this point. Like, we have to focus on today and tomorrow. What are we eating? <laughs> a listener messaged me on Instagram. What are we warm? I'm going to focus on what leftovers I'm heating up tonight. Good work. That is good work in the world. <laughs> you know, I think that just the more I can pull back from that future and think about what's happening right now. And right now, the best we can do is just keep people sheltered right now. I saw in Los Angeles, they were opening up a bunch of homeless beds. I know that my local food pantry is trying to meet the need. I mean, we're just going to have to focus on people's immediate needs. I I know there was discussion of freezing foreclosures. Um, I know in Kentucky, the court system is shut down, which is basically a moratorium on eviction. You can't evict somebody without a court. So um, have you seen the calls to just like basically, hey, let's just Let's just push pause on everything right now for about 30 days. That feels like a better approach to than all these this bailout legislation and everything. But I don't even know how that would work. I don't know how it would work either. I do want to say very clearly that there is so much we don't know about this virus, to your point about mm-hmm. research and buying time, that we should also not comfort ourselves with any information about this virus in Word. the form of, oh, younger people are not at great risk. You know, those images of young people still enjoying spring break, we need to shut that down with everyone we have influence over. I think Mm -hmm. it's really important. We just need to stay at home. I saw a tweet from a CNN reporter quoting a public health official saying, if even 10 or 15 percent of the population decides that what they are doing today is more important than the health and welfare of the rest of America, they can spread the virus in a very strong way. So we don't need everybody to make a difference. And also everybody makes a difference. difference. Every single person makes a difference. So we have to keep that in mind as we're moving forward. I agree with you about can we press pause everywhere we can press pause. I think it's good that the administration announced that federally backed mortgages will not be foreclosed on. We won't have evictions for 60 days. That feels right to me. I think pressing Mm -hmm. pause on when we need to pay our taxes feels right. I think that where all of that falls apart, there are a lot of really big things that can be sustained that way and that can have huge impact that way. The struggle is more for the locally owned restaurant, the hairstylist, you know, the people who have been told, I think rightly by the government, you cannot operate right now. And their employees, 
that is where things are really difficult and there aren't great answers. You know, some of those people in my life have said it would really help me if you would buy gift cards right now for when I'm able to reopen. And if they say to do that, I am happy to do that. There are other people saying, please don't do that because then when we are able to reopen, we'll be doing that without any influx of cash. Oh, that's so true. There, there aren't great answers here. We're all figuring this out at the same time. And here's what I've been thinking about. Oh, America, I love you so much. We take a lot of figure things out. <laughs> like, I just think we have this, this vision of ourselves that, that we step up and we rise and we do big things. And that is true. And the American Revolution was a big deal. And also the Articles of Confederacy were a hot mess. We had to start over and get the Constitution. And Abraham Lincoln had a truly, truly terrible general at the beginning of the Civil War that stayed for way too long. And we turned Jews away before we came to our senses and fought World War II. And it just, we're not quick learners. (laughs) And I know that's super risky right now. But, you know, I just don't want us to get in a space where if we don't have it all figured out right now, all is lost. That's not really the history of America. (laughs) The history of America is we stumble because democracies are messy and it takes us a while to figure things out. And then I like to believe that at many inflection points in American history, once we figured out what we were doing wrong— for the most part, there are massive holes in this narrative, obviously, um, we can rally the troops, right? And I just I just don't want us to get discouraged because we feel like, you know, every single person is at social distancing. Also, side notes, those are all those headlines. Those are not millennials on spring break. Why? I really appreciate you seeing my age through rose-colored glasses. The oldest millennials were born <laughs> in 1981. We ain't on spring break at Cabo. Blessings. Anyway, that's not related. Um, I just think, like, even though the, the, a, a virus of this type, time is of the essence, that we still have always have a chance to do the right thing, to figure out what's working. Like, we're just going to have to keep trying. We are going to have to keep trying and we're going to have to figure out what to listen to and what not to listen to. I realized uh, today I'm just not sure we need more White House press briefings. I think that all of the press briefings federally need to come from Dr. Fauci and Mm -hmm. our infectious disease experts, the CDC, you know, the people who really know how to tell the country, here's what you should be Mm -hmm. doing, human beings. And I think Mm -hmm. the role of the president right now should be saying, listen to those people. I refer you to Dr. Fauci. Just push it away because he just doesn't have the discipline to stick to the script on this and i could i could go on for a long time about how i felt about his press briefing today i'm not going to do that i'm just going to say if i'm a reporter i'm not sure i'm going to show up for that anymore and i'm yeah. certainly not sure that i'm going to ask questions anymore i think i'm just going to keep my focus trained on the people who actually know what they're talking about Uh, I told Griffin, he's not the president we want, but he's the president we have. (laughs) And I just don't know how to, like, reduce the damage. In some ways, I want him out there, you know, taking it seriously so the holdouts will get the message. I mean, I'm glad Fox News finally changed their tune. That will help. 
But it's like every time he he opens his mouth and talks about something else or presents a confusing message, he just sets us all back. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I, I'm I'm struggling deeply with him right now. I mean, the good news is we have some news with regards to <laughs> the Democratic primary, which I think is all but over. And I said this on the news brief, but Beth, can we just take a moment and be thankful that we're not in the middle of a continuingly like hard fought Democratic primary? Can we all just really think? appreciate you, South Carolina voters? Oh, Oh, what if we were doing that? Like every time I have a moment, like what if we were still fighting about Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren? Oh, my God. What if we were still doing that? Oh, God, it would be so bad. It would be so bad. And it looks like after Joe Biden won his, what does he win? Arizona, Illinois and Florida. Tulsi's thrown it in. Everybody remember Tulsi? She was still out there. And I think Bernie's about to call it. What do you think? I think Bernie's about to call it, too. And I think that's the right thing to do. And it's a credit to him that he's considering Mm -hmm. calling it now because he he could keep this going. He has the support. He could, in ways that are terribly irresponsible, use this crisis to fire up his machine. And the fact that Mm -hmm. he's not doing that and is instead kind of quietly assessing things from my understanding, coordinating with the Biden campaign, you know, having lots of conversation. I, I I really respect that. I really want to take a second and say how much I respect that from him. Agreed. He could take this in a very different direction. The other thing I want to say is that there are lots of really close races all over this country right now so true. being impacted. Really important Senate races, primaries that are heavily contested for Senate races, House races, local races, state races. And what are those people to do? You send a fundraising email right now. I mean, what are you even thinking? And also, mm-hmm. you can't pay your campaign staff, who are also human beings who are trying to raise families and pay their bills, if you don't have fundraising. And so there are no good answers. I think nonprofits are in a terrible position right now. You really rely on people's generosity And we're in a period where it feels wrong to ask for that. And also when you probably need it the most because you're trying to meet the needs in the community. That's, again, where I just feel like, okay, let's stop yelling at each other and sharing things online that sound like we've got it all figured out or we've heard from someone who has it all figured out. Because there is not a figured out available in this particular moment. Speaking of attempting to shine a light on people who are in need. Before we go to break and and move on to the next segment of the show, we wanted to share that we had plans to open up a classified section of our weekly newsletter on email. And considering the change and um, seeing the need among many of our listeners and having listeners reach out and say, hey, what people in our community need help, I'm here. Here's what we're going to do. So we're going to continue to have the limited stock of classifieds in the email, but they are now free and we'll put the link in the show notes. So if you have a small business that's struggling, if you have a need that you would be comfortable sharing with the Pantsuit Politics community or a product or a service that you moved online or, or whatever the case may be, there will be a page on the Pantsuit Politics show Dot com website and you can submit your classified. It will be in our weekly newsletter and hopefully that will give a forum to help connect 
people in need with people wanting to help in the pansy politics community. And in addition to that, please go right now to our show notes and -hmm. click the link to subscribe to our listener Maggie's YouTube channel. Maggie is the person that I talked about on our last episode who was considering taking her classes online for her Taekwondo studio. And she has done that. And also, in order to be able to live stream those classes on YouTube, she needs a 1,000 subscribers to her channel. Enough people will listen to this podcast in its first hour that it's published to make that happen. This costs nothing and requires Mm -hmm. nothing other than clicking a subscribe button. So we are really asking you to help her in that way as we open up this opportunity to figure out lots of ways to help each other through all of this. And I wanted to share with you, this is an email from my therapist. I hope it's okay for me to share this, but I thought it was so beautiful. And it is how I feel about this community. He said, we will, of course, make any changes necessary as we all move forward. I believe this will eventually pass, but I also believe that we are all changed forever. My longstanding belief in my practice is that we are all evolving one another, even though you have not met each other. What is learned and shared within this practice group is learned and shared by all. We are all healing one another. And I think that is true about this community, and I think it will become even more true over the next couple of months. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is Bake from Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi-connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura. 
frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day, Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So as we all have a lot of anxiety about the economic changes brought by the global pandemic, um, I thought we should spend some time talking about the solutions on the table. I mean, it, I I don't even know what to say about Mitt Romney being like, what about we just send cash to people? I just it's it's so rapid, this change. And when you were talking about the close races, I feel like we're going to see some really rapid changes in the way America votes. And it's I'm getting whiplash. I mean, I think that the cash payments are such a good idea. I don't think they're sending enough. I hope they are sending more. But in particular, there seems to be a lot of talk about like industry bailouts and lots and lots and lots of spending. And so I was interested to see what you were thinking about all that. I am more interested in cash payments to individual Americans and their families than industry bailouts. Mm. As I look at our history and as I think about where this administration is inclined to be on industry bailouts, I think we are better served as a country when we put power in people's hands and see what they do with it. I want families to be able to survive industries that are experiencing change. I also think sometimes the pressure of change can help industries evolve into a better state. I actually think it's not all that surprising that someone like Mitt Romney would or shouldn't be all that surprising. It is because everything is here in 2020. But it shouldn't be all that surprising that someone like Mitt Romney would say, like, just give money to people, because I feel like just give money to people is a very conservative kind of market oriented philosophy. Not we don't trust people to figure out their lives for themselves. But yes, like this is a time when there is a lot of pressure. What we need to do is relieve that pressure for people. And why would we put a bunch of parameters around it? And I I just don't, you know, I really respect the work being done in lots and lots of industries. And I also want to triage our needs here. So I would rather get that money to families first. Oh, I definitely want to get the money to families. I did have a mo- I had a very strong reaction. I was reading all the tweets about, oh, well, the airline industry was doing stock buybacks and bonuses to their CEOs. And I could feel all my sort of um, activist... <laughs> activist tendencies activating and been like, yeah, screw the man, save the empire. No, I mean, I just, I, then I thought, you know what? All the analogies of 2008 to me are not particularly helpful because, you know, 2008 happened because of an industry, not because of an outside catastrophe. I think I'm more persuaded that 
a certain level of bailout need. I mean, we have to have an airline industry. If we're talking about no airlines like that, it's not going to work. Am I open to smaller industries? Yeah. And I think that that's just where we're going to be for a while. I mean, you know, we've been talking about the just unadulterated growth in the market, the unsustainable growth in a lot of industries. And like, this is a really, really hard contraction. Like, this is a really hard pullback and everything's going to shrink. And I hope that we do recognize a new normal and don't just think, well, let's all that matters is getting back to where we were. You know, I think that for better or for worse, this is a moment to pause and think. What's a smarter way to examine these industries or support these industries or to even grow these industries so that um, hopefully we recognize that we don't know the end of this. We don't have enough information. And let's say um, this is all over tomorrow, which it won't be. That doesn't mean that, you know, viruses and (laughs) just epidemiology is done with. I mean, this is always going to be a threat and we have to recognize that. And so, you know, aligning our economy to a new reality, which I think we've been putting off. We've just been putting that off. Right. And it's time to really think it through. That's exactly what I mean. Not that I don't care about anybody in this process or even any industry in this process, but that when you see all of these reports about a variety of organizations that had projected out what would happen in the case of a virus like this and how spot on they were Mm. in identifying the absence of preparation for something like this. How spot on they were in identifying all the vulnerabilities in our existing systems and the fact that we did nothing in the face of those projections because we knew it would hurt so bad. Okay, well, here we are. Everything's going to hurt so bad. Mm -hmm. What we have built is in many ways coming down. And now we have a table of blocks. I don't want to use federal power just to reconstruct those blocks exactly as they were. Yes. I want us to sit with the table and I don't listen. I don't have a specific policy proposal. I think we're too early in this to know. I think we need to sit here and learn as much as we can learn and then say, okay, how do we reconstruct this thing better Mm -hmm. prepared to deal with the world as it exists? And that will that, too, will take some federal money. Like, I am not coming at this from a, you know, let us all eat cake kind of perspective. But while the blocks are here on the table, let's put those dollars right in the hands of individual people. And then let's start to figure out how things coalesce going forward. I mean, I was thinking just, I don't know, thinking, maybe daydreaming, brainstorming. I don't know what's an accurate description of what I was doing, but I was thinking about the economy. I was thinking about how many people are struggling. I would think about how many industries are going to have to realign. And I was thinking, hey, you know what? Like infrastructure building seems like a a decent social distancing <laughs> activity. We're not, we're outside. We're not on top of each other. Um, so maybe this is our opportunity to 
think through affordable housing and better infrastructure and where we can spend our money to employ people and to make sure people are fed meeting needs, meeting, you know, looking at our economy and saying, where were the needs not being met? Um, If we're going to spend federal dollars to kick this machine back into gear, um, let's make sure the output is serving a bigger population. And that the output is forward looking. This all made me think about, Sarah, when we did the Dallas Regional Chamber, their women's program, just a couple of weeks ago. It feels like a year ago. But Uh um, we were asked to speak about the 2020 election, and we did a presentation that I think we titled No One Knows Anything. But That part was accurate. It was. We talked about this great Medium post, and we'll put a link here, from Misha Levbovich. And his theory is a really interesting one. I was looking for all of the people who do predictions about presidential cycles. And he had taken a ton of data about different presidencies throughout American history, acknowledging that it's a pretty limited data set. It's another reminder that we're kind of a lanky teenager country. But he put all this information in about our presidents, how they were elected, who their opponents were, what was going on in history, what kind of policies they enacted. And he found a pattern of about 40-year cycles where we elect a president who is a transformer of the status quo. Then we follow that election with a continuation of those policies. Then we get a triangulator, the opposing party's perspective on what's been happening. Then we get a reimaginer. So the triangulation doesn't feel great. We try to go back a little bit to that transformer and kind of put a different spin on it. A precursor who shows us where the opposing party is going next, and then an ender, someone who hearkens back to that initial transformer, but it's not enough, and we're ready for a new cycle. Now, I know that's a lot to take in, especially over voice. It's easier to see visually. But to give you a concrete depiction, it's Franklin Delano Roosevelt as the transformer, followed by Harry Truman, Dwight Eisenhower becomes the triangulator, Kennedy and Johnson become the reimaginers. Nixon is the precursor, and Carter is the ender. And then we move into the Reagan era, and Reagan is the transformer. And so by his calculation, Donald Trump should be an ender of this 40-year period that has been very individualistic in nature. And so his prediction was that the next president, and and he isn't predicting whether that person comes in 2020 or 2024, but that the next president will be a transformational progressive ushering in a new era. And he thought that era might be something like a humanist era where we're trying to figure out what we are in relation to technology. And I've been thinking so much about this piece in light of coronavirus, because I do feel like Mm -hmm. this is an external event that just accelerates a lot of what the American public has been feeling and talking about anyway, that could usher in a a real reimagining of public life in this country. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. 
Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze. And its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. I know that Joe Biden has a deserved reputation as a moderate. I think he just likes to get stuff done. So if all of a sudden what's on the table because of external circumstances is transformative progressive change, I do not think he would be a roadblock to that. If he has the votes, he'll do it. I think you see that with him adopting Warren's bankruptcy plan, reaching out to I mean, I feel like he's doing a he is trying hard to reach out to the Bernie voter. I see your effort, Joe, and I like it. So, I, I mean, I feel like that cycle makes sense. And I feel like, what well, you know, these pivot points where everything changed, everything has changed, offers, it's got, I mean, I would love to hear this history, this researcher talk about what happens if you overlay, like, certain events in history 
over these cycles. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would be really, really interesting to think about. I mean, obviously, you know, I love I love any sort of historical pattern. So this appeals to me on a deep level. Um, and I think that this coming at a time when we are already running out of rope on this whole Reagan approach is is. It's a lot. <laughs> it's it's impactful. Let's put it that way. It's going to be impactful. Things are going to be different. The way we vote is going to be different. The way we support each other is going to be different. The way our economy runs is going to be different in good ways and in bad. And um, there are going to be growing pains. But I hope that the majority of Americans see each other as on the same team. That's what me and my family talk about every day. We're on the same team here. We're working together. Everybody's on the same team. And I feel like America needs that that pep talk daily. Now, I will say we've been getting a lot of messages and we are working on a show. Our fellow Americans who are uh, struggling to depend on conspiracy theories to offer some um, I don't know if it's comfort. What is the word I want? What do conspiracy theories offer to people? I mean, I they help us comfort. bring, I think, a sense of control and meaning control. to things that feel random mm-hmm. and meaningless. And so I that is a very common psychological response. It was already out there. This is intensifying it. And so we're going to work on a show hopefully next week to to talk through the QAnon stuff, the conspiracy theories that are growing, because I know it's frustrating to feel like you, I've been in these conversations, you feel like I am a person in the world, I understand reality, this person is, has uh, plugged into something, and they start berating you, well, did you know this? What about this? What about what about this? Did you research this? And you're like, oh, God. So we're going we're to, we're going to try to walk through some of that for you. Because that is out there. (laughs) That is out there. And in the meantime, not talking about the people who create that stuff and send it into the world. Talking about person you love who's consuming it. A lot of you ask us, how do I have grace around this? The first thing I think is to understand that Mm -hmm. that is a psychological response. It is an organizing principle for things that feel scary in their disorganization. Mm -hmm. And so if we can just soften around that, but not soften around the information they're spreading through it, that's the trick of it. It's hard. But we will spend a lot more time on that next week. And I'm going to put in this episode and then the next episode, there's a Psychology Today article that's really good about why people like to believe in conspiracy theories and what the appeal is. And it helped. It gave me a lot of sort of foundation and understanding so that I didn't feel like when I got hit with all that stuff, the answer was trying to re to revert every refute every single thing. But to say, hey, I understand the I understand the the appeal of this. But let's let's talk about why it's appealing, but why it's not helpful. Can I go back to Joe Biden for a second? Obviously, I think what you said about Joe Biden is right, that he likes to get things done. And I think that we have built a political landscape where we talk about people in that frame of mind as though they are opportunistic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and insincere. 
and flip-flopping, and you, you complete the list. It's a long one. I think our systems really need people who are not so wedded to a particular philosophy that they won't meet a moment and what that moment requires. I've had a perspective for a long time. It has shifted enormously. It has shifted enormously as we've been doing this podcast. It will continue to shift enormously. I want it to because I want to look at the world around me and see what it needs and see how things have changed. Some of that means I've learned things that make me realize I was wrong in the past. And some of it means I'm learning things that make me realize maybe I was right in the past at that time, but that doesn't work any longer. We talk about everything politically as though it is the kind of principle that results from like natural law or from some set of rules that if you believe in them have to apply forever. We had this beautiful young student ask us on a college campus whether either of us believe in absolute truth. Took us down a really interesting rabbit hole in conversation. But <laughs> but my answer to that is, yes, of course I believe in absolute truth, but I think it's a really small universe of things. Mm-hmm. A really, really small universe of things. So I am grateful for politicians like Joe Biden, like Mitt Romney. Do Are they perfect? No. But I do want more people who are not so ingrained in an ideology that they aren't willing to step up to the plate when external forces completely change the game on this. Yeah, I totally agree. Look, we're going to have to give grace And understand that in our current environment, the top priority is getting stuff done. We ain't got no time for ideologues right now, y'all. And that means both sides. That means we don't ream the Republicans who now are, you know, supporting economic policies we would have thought impossible. And it doesn't mean we ream Democrats if they give in and drop the cash payment from 5,000 to 1,000, whatever. Okay, we just have to get it done You know, I don't plan to ever say this again, but sometimes Mitch McConnell says something we should listen to. And when he said they're just going to have to swallow it, that's going to be a lot of us right now. We're just going to have to swallow it. Sometimes it's not going to look exactly how we want it to look. And that doesn't mean we can't criticize and we can't call for better and we can't keep working. But the the times of purity tests and uh, cancel culture and all that stuff. Like, we don't have time for that right now. It's all hands on deck. We don't have time for that kind of stuff, especially in Congress. And grace for yourself, too, as you're taking this in. I mean, look, I care a lot about our national debt. Also, federal government's going to have to spend a lot of money over the so next couple money. of years. Just going to have to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be mad at people who had to swallow it because we all have a different capacity to change our mind. That is not a skill that we're taught anywhere in our culture. No one says, let's practice being wrong and learning better and then saying, I was wrong, I've learned better. (laughs) There's not a place in our culture that rewards that. So that's an opportunity that we have right now to just understand that we all have different capacities to change our mind. I'm really glad so many people swallowed it. I'm really glad to see out of this Congress in this time overwhelmingly bipartisan and damn near unanimous legislation. Hooray. I will take it one foot in front of the other. That's right. That's right. Well, since this is a Friday show and we're going to ask y'all to keep it nuanced all the way to Tuesday, which is approximately 11 and a half years away. 
time adjusted. It's a new phrase I use. Time adjusted. We are we're going to end our show with a meditation this week. This was given to us by Marla. We will try to find the source, and if we can, we will put it in the show notes. Time humbles you. It humbles you in a way you will never expect and won't think you need and will never see coming. But it will, just the same. It gives you chances to stand at the top and opportunities to fall. To stand on the stage and to fade into the blur of everybody else. Time teaches you to live the kind of life you ran from once and to dig deeper and deeper into the souls of the hearts that walk this earth with you. Mostly it teaches you to see, to see what matters and what doesn't, when an end is a beginning and when an end is an end. Darling, you're going to get a bit of it all. You're going to feel like you've got it all handled and you're completely lost. You'll feel like you have it all figured out and also you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. You're going to change your heart and your eyes and your mind and your style and your footsteps. You're going to fit in and stand out, be loved and be broken. And I can't promise you how much of each you're going to get, but I can promise you one thing. This world, this world is going to know you are here. Mark my words, you are going to carve your name into time and it's going to remember. Be well, stay home. Stay connected with each other in the ways that you can online. Stay in touch with us. Until next Tuesday, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces Pantsuit Politics every week. Thanks for making us sound better, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our managing director, which means we could not make it without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsuit Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help us make the show. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Our executive producers are Tracy Putoff. Tim Miller, Martha Brunitsky, Tiffany Hasler, Joshua Allen, David McWilliams, Amy Whited, Allie Edwards, and Jared Minson. Our theme music is composed and performed by Dante Lima. The music under our ads is composed and performed by Dylan Garvin. Learn more about our lives, live events that we're involved in, and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with members of the Pantsuit Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.